Uh, as we've been talking about for the evening, I'm just back from holiday. I came back uh, early or late last night uh, to the West Coast from the East Coast. I was in Montreal. I was in Washington, then in Montreal, then in Ottawa seeing my mom. I was in a Bell store yesterday with my mom because she needed to replace the screen on her phone. And uh, she asked if it was busy. And the, and the customer service person said, well, yeah, it's been very busy since July the 8th when Rogers melted down, when they had that full-scale operational uh, meltdown. Uh, they've been getting a lot more customers apparently coming in either looking to change or at least diversify a bit should it ever happen again. Well, making sure it doesn't, at least figuring out what went wrong is what the House of Commons Industry Committee was looking into on Monday when they invited the CEO of Rogers, as well as the folks from the CRTC and the industry minister to testify about what went wrong and how to prevent it. Uh, University of Ottawa law professor Michael Geist slammed the response of Ottawa and the federal telecom regulator, uh, the CRTC. I think we have to recognize that private phone calls or beers amongst the companies, legislators, or regulators isn't the answer. And it can't be about saying I'm sorry, but then evading questions on key issues such as essential services, as if it's hard to acknowledge directly that 911 calls should be an essential service. Or about a regulator who blithely dismisses the role that competition played in this event or that new regulations could play. One of the more interesting exchanges was a response to a question over competitiveness in the telecom industry, answered by Rogers CEO Tony Staffieri, who, who said the industry was in fact competitive. We work every day in a very competitive environment, and we work hard to bring the best value for money for our customers and for Canadians. It's in our interest to do so. They have alternative and they have choice. Wait, wait, so, so wait, so wait you, you think Canadians have alternative and choice in this marketplace? Very much so. Um, and you're saying that with a straight face. Um, the other voice asking if the Rogers CEO thought Canadians had choices in this marketplace with a straight face was none other than Liberal MP for Beaches East York, Nate Erskine-Smith. And he joins me now. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So just for listeners who may have forgotten why exactly uh, there was a committee hearing yesterday and who exactly was there to discuss what, uh, what were you attempting to learn from Rogers yesterday? Well, one, what happened? We didn't really learn at all what happened. They hadn't communicated to Canadians or their customers, I think, sufficiently until they answered the CRTC's questions in writing. And so we learned in writing, at least, with some detail, but, but not great detail, uh, what happened in terms of uh, an update that then ended up meaning that a flood of uh, information uh, came into and overwhelmed their core network and and shut their entire system down. And so there was one, just uh, what happened, two, how can we make sure it never happens again, and then bringing some accountability to bear on, on both companies, but also on the CRTC to make sure that sufficient action is taken on resiliency, but also on competition. Yeah, because when we look at what happened, I think a lot of people were simply stunned by the fact that such a large network could crash all at once and just how much it took out. How much more do we know now uh, than we did you know, a few weeks back about what exactly happened and why it was so catastrophic? Well, we know more about what happened in terms of the technical details. We also learned that there are ways that Rogers can take measures to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. So there were preventative steps that presumably could have been taken in advance of this. And we also saw, I think quite clearly, I think the two lessons that we are relearning here are one, just how essential access to the internet is 
in our lives in so many different ways. And two, that we can't rely upon such a small number of companies to deliver such an essential service. Did you hear what you wanted to hear from uh, from Tony Staffieri yesterday from the CEO of Rogers? In some respects, insofar as they are taking measures to make sure that they are separating wireline, wireline from wireless, they're partitioning their networks to make sure that if something similar were to happen, it wouldn't take out the entire network and the core network. So, you know, that's at a cost of about a quarter of a billion dollars. They're going to take some preventative measures going forward. There's also collaboration in, in small degrees as between the companies around 911 services, which is important. But I also heard from the CEO that he believes that there is a very strong choice in the marketplace and that consumers who are unsatisfied with Rogers have choice and alternatives. And, and that just is patently untrue. Yeah, you, you, I think your exact words you're saying you were you're saying that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help myself. I mean, I, I and I'm sure other you know other Canadians listening in felt the same way. But I, I had to intervene and say something because it was extraordinary to hear the 27 million dollar CEO say, "Well, you know, frustrated Rogers customers." They've got lots of choice in the marketplace, and what choice? <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you what do you break that down to? Is that just you know corporate speak, or is there a, a, a true belief within the industry that that in fact they are competitive? I think two things. One, it's unquestionably corporate speak. The entire response to both in opening remarks, but also then in response to our questions you know, the CEO's responses were incredibly rehearsed. And so there, unquestionably, there's a public relations control, you know, damage control here, and, and a very rehearsed response in corporate speak. But secondly, I think they are making sure that they protect their bottom line. And yes, there's some competition, a modest amount of competition across different regions of this country. But anyone serious looking at this would say there's not enough competition. Prices are too high. Quality isn't, in, in this case, we saw, you know, the, the trade-off I always thought between price and quality was, okay, we're going to have much stronger, more resilient networks, but that clearly isn't the case as a result of the trade-off we get with high prices. And so something's got to give here. And I think Canadians are more than ever saying the status quo is unacceptable and, and, and we need something new. This is not a new issue. I mean, this is something that's been talked about on election campaigns for years now. Does it put uh, the, your government in a difficult position? I know that uh, the industry minister was under a fair amount of fire yesterday, just about how uh, you know this has sort of brought it to a head that this is, there is this issue of a competitiveness and a resilience or b resilience. Uh, what needs to be done? I mean, there was a whole bunch of you around that table yesterday asking some pretty pointed questions. Uh, do you, will this achieve some sort of cross party consensus on where this needs to go and what needs to be done? Uh, for instance, say as a public you turning the internet into a public utility of some sort? I hope that it does help to build some cross-party consensus, though I would say we have had some pretty strong cross-party consensus at our industry committee in the past on related issues. And so, one, I think it is highlighting this issue over again. Canadians know that we're getting raked on our prices and that there isn't enough competition in the marketplace. And so this is just, again, highlighting that issue and I think putting the issue squarely back on the government's agenda, a number of things have to happen. So right off the bat, we and there was some discussion of this 
committee around the Rogers Shaw merger. Our committee has been clear that that merger should not proceed. That merger should not proceed. It seems obviously, I mean, it seems bizarre that we would even talk about it in, in light of the fact that our industry is so, so heavily concentrated already and it's oligopoly. Uh, two, I think we do need to ensure that some specific measures come out of, uh, out of our committee hearings in relation to the crisis and the outage in particular, in relation to, for example, communications in the course of a crisis. And the minister likened the outage to an airline incident. But of course, if an airline incident had taken place, we have an air passenger's bill of rights and there would be mandated compensation at law. It wouldn't take the minister having stern words with the company and then the company sort of looking at it and saying, is two days enough? Is five days enough? Clearly, we should have a conversation about what a mandatory compensation framework would look like in these circumstances because of the essential nature of the service. And then I think much more sweeping competition reforms are required going forward. And we should look at every single opportunity we can to add competition to the marketplace. My guest this half hour is Nathaniel Erskine-Smith. He's the Liberal MP for Beaches East York. He's also a member of the Industry Committee who were holding uh, committee hearings yesterday on uh, the Rogers outage. We know all about that one. The CEO of Rogers was there as well as the Industry Minister. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a bit more just about this idea of a Bill of Rights. How do you how do you codify what our rights are when it comes to these sorts of things? Because for a long time, it's clearly been left up um, to the organizations, the companies themselves to sort of determine what exactly their customers deserve in these sorts of crises. We'll be back with that. My guest is Nathaniel Erskine-Smith. He's the Liberal MP for Beaches East York. He's also a member of the Industry Committee. Uh, one of the committees that was certainly in the spotlight uh, on Monday as the CEO of Rogers uh, was there to talk about that huge outage that downed the entire network uh, earlier this month. Uh, what kind of, I mean, when you look at what kind of solutions could be out there, because for a long time, it feels like, while they are regulated by the CRTC, that it feels like, uh, you know, these big players in the industry have kind of had free reign over how to treat their customers. Is that something that, that needs to come to an end, do you think? I think so. And it starts with actually empowering the CRTC by virtue of having a much stronger commissioner. And so there is going to be an opportunity for the government to appoint a new chair of the CRTC. And there are strong powers in the Telecommunications Act to for that chair and the, and the commission to set just and reasonable rates for consumers. That's the language of the act already. They can mandate service provision. They can mandate connections as between facilities. And so I think as a starting point, we need a really proactive chair who is going to take control and be seized with the powers that already exist within the Telecommunications Act. Beyond that, we need additional action on mobile virtual network operators to ensure competition and this idea of structural separation. In other countries, you have certain companies or in Australia, the government itself that builds the core infrastructure. And then you have other companies that will compete on that infrastructure that adds competition that reduces prices we know it does because it, it has done so even in the home broadband space where resellers exist so even in the canadian context so that there are some steps there that we could certainly take and then in a medium term we could also take steps to open up our marketplace to trusted but foreign competitors as well to ensure that we're driving prices down and increasing quality up and ensuring that we see additional infrastructure built across this country getting to communities that don't have the access that they deserve. When you look at what happened with the outage itself, I mean, the timing was certainly not not ideal for Ro- for Rogers, considering what it wants <laughs> it wants to do. I and mean, there's no two ways about that. But was it really a reflection of, of of a lack of competition? I mean, is this a situation where this should tell us that the Shaw deal should not go through, or, or was it one of those catastrophic coincidences that sometimes happen? It was a catastrophic incident that 
in some cases might happen. But in this case, let's remember, if there was more competition, they would be investing to a greater degree in resiliency. So the CRTC chair, Ian Scott, the current one, said, well, you know, there's an incentive that they have for something like this not to happen. And of course, yeah, they now have an incentive to take additional action. But is Rogers truly worried that 10 million customers are going to wake up the next day and go to a new network? No, because where are they going to go? And so a lack of competition is unquestionably part of the of the puzzle here. And would it have stopped something like this from happening? Not necessarily, but would it ensure choice and that consumers can move more freely from one company to another? Unquestionably, yes. And I, so I think there is a sense, Canadians already knew this. I already knew this from studying this at our industry community. We've already made recommendations in the past, but I think this is yet another moment in time where Canadians are reminded of just how essential this service is and of how we the status quo is, is utterly unacceptable and needs to change. And so I, I hope it provides greater impetus to, one, block the Roger Shaw merger as an obvious example, but that we go further with additional reforms. Where do, where do you how do you maintain the momentum? Because one thing that always happens with these sorts of events, of course, is that we rely on our, on on telecoms so fundamentally that after a while people just forget. You know, I mean, everyone remembers that it happened. I, I know from being yeah, at no. uh, a Bell store the other day that they're doing booming business all of a sudden. Um, but you know that does fade after a while, and people forget they go back to using their stuff till the next outage or to the next catastrophe. Uh, how do you maintain the momentum and, and and make sure that this time there will indeed be change? It can be hard, but I will use another example at the privacy committee I sat on that is going to actually be legislation that we'll now see at the industry committee in this coming fall. But I was toiling away on privacy issues with colleagues working across party lines to to call on the government to strengthen privacy protections and data protections in this country. We're increasingly living our lives online, and the law should reflect that reality. And we we weren't getting we weren't getting the traction that I thought we deserved, and then Cambridge Analytica happened, and that created a, a moment in time that it changed the public's mood and and ultimately changed government action. And now, when we get back to Parliament in the fall, we've got data protection legislation that's going to bring our laws more in keeping with the EU and California, for example. So I, I think we just have to, as parliamentarians, on behalf of Canadians, maintain that pressure on the companies to, to do better, but also particularly maintain the pressure on the government to put rules in place and to put people in place. So the chair of the CRPC to, to put to strengthen our institutions and strengthen our laws to make sure we, we get the competition that we deserve. And you can feel that momentum, I gather. I mean, even within Parliament, you, you can tell when something is 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 a topic that you can uh, get some get some leverage on and when when you can't, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. And there, there's a, a moment in time here that we ought to seize. And Hopefully, when Parliament resumes in the fall, we'll continue these hearings and we'll make strong recommendations and, and we'll push the government in the right direction. Yeah, that was my last question. What next? What next for, for, for the committee for this investigation? I know there's many going on. Yours is one of them. Uh, but what next for, for the investigation and, and, the, and the look into what happened? On the parliamentary side, we had a series of meetings just, on, on, uh, yeah, just yesterday, I suppose. But we, uh, we met with not only Rogers, we met with the minister and his staff, we met with the CRTC, and we, we met with some experts. There's still some additional witnesses I would certainly like to hear from, including the FCC, including uh, the Australian regulator. I, I would like us to hear how other countries are addressing these resiliency challenges. We're not alone in facing these challenges, and how other countries are strengthening competition in a way that Canada currently is not. And I think we've got to bring other international perspectives to the table because we're not alone in facing these challenges and, and we've got to learn from from others' experiences. 
Nathaniel Erskine-Smith, thanks so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Take care.